Welcome to the Ontario Animal Health Network's veterinary podcast. We're going to be chatting with some of Ontario's experts about a few issues related to practical diagnosis and testing. I'm Melanie Barham, coordinator for the Ontario Animal Health Network, and my co-interviewer is Andy Vince, pathologist of the Animal Health Lab. This time, we have Dr. Bob Friendship, longtime swine researcher, joining us from OVC, together with Dr. Josepha DeLay, swine pathologist from the Animal Health Laboratory. Today, we wanted to focus on a review of how to systematically approach neonatal diarrhea in piglets for practitioners. So, Bob, why is this a topic of interest? Well, it's, um, it's very common. Um, most farms from time to time have a problem with uh, neonatal diarrhea. And it's of economic significance. Uh, neonatal diarrhea uh, causes uh, some mortality and it causes um, a reduced growth, growth rate and so low, low weights at weaning time. Um, and I, I think it's, it's not a new issue, but it's uh, become much more complex in, in the last few years. Um, more than 50% of neonatal diarrhea cases go undiagnosed, and uh, so it's clear that uh, this is an area that uh, we, there's things about it that we don't understand, and, and there is still work to do in this area. So can you tell us a bit about how the disease has changed over the years, Bob? Yes. Um, it's, it certainly has changed. Uh, 30 years ago, um, the big important cause of neon- neonatal diarrhea was enterotoxigenic E. coli, um, and the swine industry has uh, changed dramatically uh, over the last couple of decades, and um, the farms are much more uh, um, better managed, and um, uh, they've advanced uh, significantly uh, doing things like all-in, all-out uh, management of the farrowing rooms, uh, vaccines for sows, uh, better farrowing environments such as the slatted floors that are easy to clean and disinfect and uh, the ventilation is improved so that uh, uh, they can control the drafts and chilling of piglets that uh, uh, would uh, impact uh, E. coli so that um, E. coli has become a relatively rare problem now. Um, I think now outbreaks of neonatal diarrhea uh, are caused by a mixture of less severe pathogens uh, in combination with management environmental factors, um, making it uh, complicated and the disease is is much more subtle. Okay, so can we talk about the major pathogens you'd think of as a swine practitioner if you were on the way to a call? Okay, uh, I think I'd, I'd start uh, by thinking about the you know, historically the big three uh, diseases: E. coli, coccidia, TG virus. Um, they were um, they're interesting because they present in such different uh, ways. E. coli <clears throat> causes a watery diarrhea of piglets in the first few days of life, and uh, primarily affects the litters from parity one sows. Uh, TGE uh, causes diarrhea and vomiting in all the suckling piglets and even older pigs in the herd, and it presents as a, a sudden outbreak. Um, coccidia uh, presents as a pasty diarrhea, uh, very low mortality. Uh, it doesn't begin until at least a week of age, and uh, often the farms that have a problem with coccidia have uh, cement uh, floors in their farrowing crates. Um, so now uh, TG has become rare and uh, now a history of sudden uh, outbreak of diarrhea affecting various age groups uh, 
should uh, make uh, a practitioner think about uh, the possibility of porcine epidemic diarrhea, PED, or uh, Delta coronavirus. Um, uh, just as TG has become rare, um, coccidia and E. coli are less common as well, and um, so uh, as we're driving to this farm with ongoing diarrhea problems, um, uh, we maybe should be thinking about um, diseases like rotavirus, uh, Clostridium difficile, uh, perfringens, uh, type A. And um, the trouble with these organisms is they're often isolated from healthy pigs as well as pigs with diarrhea, and uh, there are often uh, several of these uh, pathogens found on the same farm or even in the same pig. And so deciding the cause of the diarrhea can be difficult. Um, but as stated earlier, uh, it is common to not find, uh, identify any infectious cause of the diarrhea. So when you're dealing with these non-textbook cases of diarrhea, what do you recommend as, a, as an approach? Okay, I, I think um, to begin with, to take a, a thorough history, uh, that sounds basic, uh, but it's really uh, important to go back and uh, uh, begin by getting all the information. Um, so asking uh, what age the diarrhea begins, uh, how many are affected, uh, what are the morbidity and mortality rates, uh, is it affecting just the, the gilt litters or all parodies, uh, what's the vaccination status, uh, is the farmer treating anything, and um, if uh, he's uh, using antibiotics, uh, what, what uh, effect is that having, uh, are the sows milking well, and uh, questions like that. And then the next thing uh, would be to uh, walk through the barn, uh, uh, a chance to look at the environmental conditions and housing of the piglets, and, and then also to uh, uh, you know, uh, look at, uh, see the pigs themselves. And um, uh, you can rule out uh, some obvious management uh, causes by doing the, the uh, inspection. And also, it gives you a chance to select the best pigs for further testing. Josepha, postmortem sampling is often the best method for definitive diagnosis. Can you give us some tips about improving diagnostic results? Yes, but first we, we really need to decide if live animal sampling might be an option or if euthanasia and postmortem sampling is, is going to be the best solution. And in many cases, it truly is for neonatal diarrhea and piglets. So first, for live animals, um, if we're not planning to euthanize, we won't have the advantage of histologic diagnosis, but using fecal swabs or feces for bacterial culture and fecal, fecal swabs in viral transport medium for various virology tests, we, we can get some answers. Moving on to postmortem sampling, which is very valuable. For any GI disease, especially neonatal diarrheas, um, we want to euthanize and then purposely sam purposefully sample um, right after euthanasia. So we, we would euthanize a recently affected piglet. Groups of three are best, but do them one at a time, uh, non-treated animals, and then target sampling. So immediately go into the abdominal cavity. Uh, sampling for bacteriology first is a great idea, and for microbiology in general. And we need um, gut loops or swabs, again, bacteriology swabs and uh, swabs in viral transport medium from small intestine. So that's, that's good. Sampling a loop of intestine is, is really helpful, and that is actually probably going to be your best sample for both bacteria and virology sampling. 
and you can just make sort of a U-loop of a distal piece of, of jejunum or ileum and tie it off with a piece of string, and then you've got a nice leak-proof sample that can go to bacteriology and to the virology lab. Then, and working very quickly, histology sampling is going to be your, your second but and rather large priority because all of the agents that affect neonatal piglets to cause diarrhea attack the superficial epithelium that are lining intestinal villi and mucosa. Um, and we want to make sure that this is not sloughed. The sloughing happens very, very quickly, within five to ten minutes of euthanasia, so we want to grab these histology samples as quickly as possible and preserve them in formalin. So working methodically through the gut, taking multiple samples from all levels of small intestine and colon, um, and I would recommend sampling about five or six samples from small intestine, two to three from colon. Remember, these diseases are all affect the intestine segmentally, so not every piece of intestine is going to be affected equally. We want to increase the chances of reaching a diagnosis for you histologically by having multiple samples to, uh, to look at. What lesions are you likely to see on PM? Typically with undifferentiated neonatal diarrhea, the only lesion we'll see is very watery gut content, and hence the name undifferentiated neonatal diarrhea. Um, they, all of these diseases tend to look the same. So we just have a lot of fluid in the gut, regardless of, of the actual cause. What tests would you recommend immediately, and which ones would you hold off on? Well, assuming that euthanasia of live animals and collecting of histopathology samples is, is an option in this situation, which I would recommend, um, that is a major important test, so histopathology. Also bacterial culture on gastrointestinal samples, so on small intestinal and colon, and these can be pooled. Um, at the lab. Uh, PCR for the viral diseases is very important too. So as we all know, PCR for the three porcine coronaviruses, PED, TGE, and uh, Delta coronavirus is important, and as well uh, PCR for the rotaviruses A, B, and C. And I think that's a good panel to start with. If histopathology shows additional lesions that are suggestive of another agent being involved in the neonatal diarrhea, if we have tissues saved back from the postmortem, then we can go ahead and do those additional sec, uh, tests. And the samples that I would recommend saving back are a piece of small intestine, um, again, tied off with content inside, and a piece of colon. And these can be frozen separately in pack bags and held, um, preferably submitted with the samples to the diagnostic lab with a request that they be held for further testing if necessary. Thanks, Josepha. So, Bob, once we have the testing back, how do you determine the main causative agent with a multifactorial disease? I think that's uh, really tricky. Um, I think the best approach is probably to uh, begin concentrating on uh, pathogens that um, might be relatively easy to control and hope that if you can control uh, those ones, the others uh, might be less of a problem. So, for instance, if it's a mixture of... Uh, of uh, organisms present, but uh, E. coli is one of them, then maybe um, you'd uh, start by vaccinating the sows uh, for E. coli, um, or, or if maybe coccidia is present, uh, you could control uh, coccidia with uh, baycocks. Um, and so if uh, these, uh, if these programs are begun, uh, then maybe diseases like rotavirus and clostridium uh, will disappear uh, after you control the, the other, one, other organisms. Uh, I think there are some, um, uh, some of these diseases that we have good tools to uh, uh, 
help us uh, control. And then there are other uh, organisms, for instance, rotavirus and clostridium, that we're, we have uh, uh, less experience and, and less success uh, treating. And so I would begin with the ones that we, we know we can make a difference. So, Bob, it's better to attack the agents where we have some tools to actually actually fight them. Is that the way that you would generally approach it? Yeah, I think that's, that's right. I think that um, some of these um, organisms uh, we've been battling for quite a while, and we've developed a, a, a good uh, toolkit that um, we know how to handle things like E. coli and, um, and coccidia. I think we can get good results, and so... Uh, we might as well start there. And then there's some others of these agents um, that we really don't have uh, a good approach to. And uh, I think we're, we're hoping that we can reduce their impact by getting rid of the ones that we can get rid of. So do you have any additional comments about approaches to treatment? Well, one point I would like to make is that um, piglet diarrhea is complicated and needs to be periodically investigated with proper diagnostic workup it's not good enough to assume that because the cause of the problem was E. coli last year that it is still E. coli this year. Uh, I think that you want to avoid treating based on a guess. In the absence of diagnosis from the lab, where should the practitioner turn next? Well, I think you can always uh, call the lab to determine if there are additional tests that the pathologist might recommend based on histology and uh, testing or case presentation. Um, but I think a, the practitioner uh, can do a lot of things that uh, can, you know, they can try in the absence of a lab diagnos diagnosis, um, such as correcting housing and management deficiencies um, to start with. Um, I like to uh, use the principle of maximizing immunity and minimizing challenge. Um, maximizing immunity, making sure that the um, piglets are getting milk and colostrum, um, that the sow is exposed to as much uh, of the organisms present on the farm as possible so that she's providing the immunity and then minimizing challenge. I think we want to emphasize the hygiene and sanitation uh, and those principles work for, for most of the diseases we're talking about.